Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 135. This time I talk about Bioshock Infinite's downloadable content, Burial at Sea, which I guess is a multiple part thing, so this is part one. I talk about XCOM's downloadable content, The Enemy Within. I talk about Thor The Dark World. And in sort of a early preview first look kind of thing, I talk about Blizzard's MOBA, Heroes of the Storm. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. I've only had a chance to play the Burial at Sea downloadable content for Bioshock Infinite for a short while. I would guess maybe about three hours. So this is sort of a preview. I don't know how long it will take to actually complete all of the content. This takes place in what is assumably a different timeline from the Bioshock Infinite main game. From what I recall, it seems to be taking place before the events of the first Bioshock game. And it takes place entirely in Rapture. It's one of those alternate dimension kind of things. So there is still Elizabeth, there is still Booker DeWitt, but you are both people who have lived in the Rapture universe. It seems a lot harder than the original game. I am playing on hard one step above the normal setting, and I'm dying quite a lot. I would say its difficulty is probably on par with the second half of the base game of Bioshock Infinite. The story is good, but you get right into the action. There seem to be very few spots to just stop and take a look at what's going on around you, which is kind of sad because the original Bioshock Infinite had quite a bit of, I guess you could say, flavor, especially in the first half of the game. But even later stages of the game, there were places you could pause and sort of take a little breath from the combat and sort of enjoy what was going on around you. There are some new plasmids, but the weapons I've seen so far seem like those are the same. I've seen a vending machine, and the boosts for both plasmids and the weapons look different than they were in Bioshock Infinite. So that's very cool to see. That's really all I have to say about it so far. Obviously, being a game that came much later than the original Bioshock, all of the skins and models for all of the slicers and all of the people that live in Rapture are all much nicer. They're of course on par with the Bioshock Infinite game. But it seems like a great expansion and it seems like a really good return to Rapture if you have been missing that universe. Right now the only way to buy it is to spend $20 on the season pass and I guess that's kind of okay because it's a two-part game so that means you're really just kind of paying 10 bucks each. But there is no way to just buy the burial at sea, you know, especially episode one, if you were just looking to get that. As I said, I don't know how long it will take to complete the content, but if you liked the original Bioshock Infinite game, if you liked the original universe of Rapture, then I would say you definitely want to pick this up.
Capcom's Enemy Within downloadable content is now out. You can pick that up for, I think it was 25 bucks. I have played probably about four hours so far. This is its own sort of campaign series. When you start the game, it will ask you which kind of version you want to play. It's not like previous expansion content or second wave content where you just check a few things on. It's kind of like an entirely different gateway to get in. So it's almost like it's its own game. Even though it is, there is a lot of content that seems pretty much the same or very similar. Like I said, I've only played a few hours so far. But a lot of the maps seem like they are tweaked versions of old ones. But as I got further into play, more and more new maps started showing up. It certainly had a higher percentage of new slash tweaked versions than, you know, straight up old maps. There is a new option for soldiers to speak their own native tongue, which is kind of cool. I guess apparently the story behind that is that they've translated it into so many different languages now, they just put all the languages into one pack. And so, you know, you have the option to have the soldiers speak their own language. You can change that in options. Well, it's a fun option, and I think I would rather just stick to English. Because even though it's not really important to know what they're saying, because if you've played enough, you know what they're saying anyways. But I think it's more disruptive and distracting to me than I originally thought it would be. But it does give sort of a truly global vibe to the game, as it should have, because, you know, they are from all different nationalities. I think, though, if it was possible, I would prefer them just to have, you know, an accent as opposed to speak their own language, you know, natively. The first truly new thing you will see for the expansion is called Meld. It looks kind of like one of those canisters on the ground, but it's a different color and it has a timer associated with it. That should show up pretty much on the very first map you play. On the setting I'm playing on, there seem to be two caches per map. And on the average, I can get to one before it times out. It seems like this is the new resource for, I guess, purchasing your soldier enhancements, which are biotic, or your mech enhancements, which are mechanical. Although I haven't gotten to that research point yet, it looks like they're going to both work off of the same meld resource. So you're going to want to be careful what you pick, I'm sure. There's also a new metal system. And I think I've gotten a medal pretty much every other mission. And when you get a medal, you get to pick what boost it gives. There are two options for each medal. And then you award them to a soldier. I'm assuming each soldier can only have one of each medal. I believe there are five types. But it gives you a way to sort of specialize your different soldiers and enhance them so they are further buffed, you know, in the field. Some examples are, I think one gave an aim boost, and another one that I really liked made it so that the soldier would not panic, you know, if other people were severely damaged or killed near them. So it could have very cool effects on strategic gameplay. I had seen a few videos for the game showing off some of the new features, and I was very glad to see that I've seen at least one new bad guy type that was not in videos. So I'm hoping there are a few more surprises for those of us who have seen the footage of the game. But there's certainly more waiting for us than what has been shown in the videos. There are a few minor UI improvements, nothing huge there. And sadly, there still seem to be a lot of the camera angle bug issues. You know, where people shoot at somebody through a corner, or in one of the reveals I had, 
you know, kind of did the reveal music, but, you know, it was not showing any bad guys. And in another one, they were halfway in the wall. I haven't seen anybody get their hair shot off yet, so that's pretty cool. But, you know, overall, they're fairly forgivable because they are still really rare. But it is kind of weird that, you know, they are still in there at all. You would think they would be able to clear that up. Like I said, I haven't played very much, maybe three or four hours, I would guess. But from what I've seen, I would say it is a great bunch of new content for people who enjoy the game. And if you enjoyed the base game, I would say you absolutely want to pick this up. Thor The Dark World is now out. I believe it is in regular 2D, 3D, and IMAX 3D. It is rated PG-13. I guess I have less to say about it than I thought I would. The movie revolves around an ancient enemy of Asgard returning to start a second war against them, sort of finish what they started. A lot of the movie takes place on Asgard, a bit on other worlds, and there's a fair bit on Earth as well. This makes it sort of a mix of science fiction when they're off-world, modern when they're on Earth, and then sort of fantasy on a few snips here and there when they're on different worlds that are more fantasy-oriented. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of character growth for Thor, but there is a fair bit for Loki which I guess makes sense since the first movie was, you know, Thor's origin story and revolved around Thor. Makes sense to give, you know, somebody else the spotlight. The movie actually seems to be more about relationship development than actual character development, you know, in terms of individual characters. I thought it was pretty good, but I'm not going to run out and buy it when it comes out on physical media. I would say if you are a hardcore Thor fan, you'll want to see it in the theaters. If you just think Thor is kind of meh, you could probably wait and rent it on physical media when it comes out. I would say it is a lot of action fun, so you might want to have popcorn. First look. So the biggest news from BlizzCon is an updated and sort of modern form of their multiplayer online battle arena, or typically shortened MOBA. Its new name, which is actually like the third name, is Heroes of the Storm. 
I'm just going to refer to it as Heroes because the name is too similar, especially if you just use the first letters, to Heart of the Swarm, which is a StarCraft II expansion. And based on what they showed off at BlizzCon, I am super, super excited for it. I'm hoping it's going to come soon. No date was given for release, but I'm going to guess it's probably about eight months off. They did put up an official site, and the site has an opt-in for beta, which I'm going to guess the beta will probably open up in about four or five months. I don't think it's going to come up quite as soon as we would like it to. They did show off, I believe, two of the four maps they have announced at BlizzCon. So a lot of people got a chance to play it and check it out and see what heroes are available currently. But they did keep emphasizing it was early alpha, so even with my MVP status, I don't think I'll be in the friends and family phase of alpha for probably several months. But, as I said, I am super excited for it. So I thought I would do... A first look, even though I called it a game watch on my site. As I mentioned, you know, I don't really want to call something a game watch unless it's four to six months away from launch. But I think this was important enough to get some attention a little bit ahead of that. So this is my first look slash game watch for Blizzard's Heroes of the Storm. It is being developed and distributed by Blizzard. They have not stated what platforms it would be available for, but PC and Mac seem the most likely. They have done some stuff for PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, so it's possible this could see a PlayStation launch as well. But, I I don't know, typically MOBAs are desktop only, but it's possible they could be developing for PlayStation 4. I guess we'll see when they reveal what platforms they're actually targeting. The number of players is a multiplayer duel over Battle.net, with teams consisting of five players. But you don't have to use all actual people. From what they've said, it looks like you can use some AI bots in some of the places. They didn't state, you know, how many players were required. So I don't know if that's... You know, single player and four bots, or if you have to have a certain number of players. I don't know yet. As I mentioned, the release date is unknown. In terms of cost, they're going free-to-play. But it was stated during a panel that there would be gold earned in-game and microtransactions for real-world money. And those could unlock different heroes or talents or skins. So as of right now, we don't know quite how much microtransaction will be in the game or, you know, how fast you'll earn free gold. I'm sure we'll learn more about that in time. What is it? Heroes of the Storm is a multiplayer battle arena, otherwise known as MOBA, where players fight to achieve different goals in order to achieve victory for their team. Why is this game important? Most MOBA games target an easy-to-get-in model, but are very deep and often quite confusing as to how to build your character and which equipment to use in order to maximize your efficiency, creating an extremely steep learning curve. Blizzard looks like they are streaming a lot of these choices. Additionally, most MOBAs only have one map that players spend all of their time on. 
For launch, Blizzard is targeting four different maps with more to follow, each with different themes and goals. So one map may have very different strategies in order to achieve a victory compared to the other maps. What makes the game design so special? Well, a lot still remains unknown about Heroes. Blizzard appears to be streamlining a lot of the aspects about MOBA that seem overly cumbersome, making the genre much more accessible to casual players. The map design is also smaller, and the time it will take to complete a game will be shorter. The addition of multiple maps allows for not only very different look and feel between matches, but different goals and paths to victory. Instead of what is commonly a single static map where players use the same strategies over and over, there will be several maps, allowing for greater freedom in terms of strategies that players may use. While this is just an early look, it also looks like the power and equipment choice is also very streamlined, possibly being done before the game has even start, which allows the game time to focus on just the game, leaving your time outside of the game to be used for tweaking your builds. They are also implementing team levels, meaning everyone gains experience equally. Why is it going to pwn? For many, the details of learning all of the equipment and combinations make higher levels of MOBA play unattainable. While players may have the skill to play at a basic level, they may lack the ability to get into deeper strategies due to lack of knowledge of the intricacies of all the various equipment. Blizzard looks to be streamlining several of these aspects, thus making the genre potentially accessible at a deeper level to a much greater number of players. Also, the design changes to the maps make the game sound much more fast-paced. The change to team levels will allow support classes the freedom to do new and different things, as well as removing pressure from some of the classes that they may otherwise feel based on their role. Why could it fail in terms of game design? A big part of why players continue to play MOBA games is that depth of character building based on equipment and various other aspects the game may offer. Since it would appear that Blizzard is removing some of these elements for the simplicity of a talent system, things may be a bit too streamlined for more hardcore MOBA players. Also, the fast-paced nature of the game, due to smaller, more goal-oriented maps, may be uninteresting to MOBA players who prefer slower-paced, more predictable map design. Why could it fail in terms of the developer? In recent times, Blizzard has started to make a more and more streamlined basic approach to things. Since the first big change to the talents with World of Warcraft, there has been an increasing focus of simplicity of character development. While this does make games more accessible to a greater number of players, in some cases this simplicity can make games too simple, and as a result, long-term appeal may be lost. Personal opinions and thoughts? I am extremely excited at the design of Heroes. The biggest game mechanic reason I stopped playing League of Legends was that it was too complicated. People were talking about how you had to have specific player talents set up for specific builds, and of those builds you had to have specific equipment, or you were considered to be a failure at your class. I didn't want to feel like I had to go outside the game to research for hours and hours about what builds and equipment to use for my class. 
I loved how you could get into a game, level up, accomplish tasks towards victory, but I absolutely hated how people told me I was playing wrong due to my equipment or character choice. I must admit, though, I am a bit concerned about Heroes, as the primary reason I lost interest in Diablo 3 was the extreme simplicity in character design. I have played far more hours in Path of Exile, which is much more similar to Diablo 2, which did have quite a bit more flexibility in character design. The oversimplification from 2 to 3 is what caused me to lose interest. So I'm a bit worried a similar thing could happen for Heroes compared to other MOBA like League of Legends. Another reason I've quickly lost interest in other MOBAs is that they only have one map. Heroes currently shows four maps with different themes and goals, and it's only early alpha. They have stated more maps will be added in the future, and some might even be phased out from primary play modes if players don't like them. If Blizzard can get the right balance of streamlining and flexibility, this could be the MOBA that keeps my interest. Kind of a short news this time. I guess I have kind of forgotten to keep track of it, but the PlayStation 4 and the launch titles are now out. Xbox One is due out in a week on November 22nd. Hunger Games Catching Fire, the second in the movie series, is due out on November 22nd. And that's it for the news. And I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. No Pirate's Treasure. I haven't gotten one in a while, which is sad. And I'm kind of sad because I was really excited about PlayStation 4 and keeping track of all the things. And then I had, you know, the tax people come after me for that 500 bucks. I do have 200 in savings now, but it looks like the tax people aren't going to let it go and they're going to want that 500 bucks. So that's going to take you know, all of my savings and all of my potential tax return for next year. So I guess, you know, I got kind of sad and, and stopped keeping track of the PlayStation launch. So sorry to those of you who are listeners who were interested in that. Um, It's out and all of the launch titles are out. But I guess, you know, it's in short supply, so you would have had to have ordered that stuff a while ago. I'm sure you can probably get most of the games and things like, you know, extra controllers without too much issue. But it seems like, you know, it's the same kind of launch as they had for, you know, the previous consoles. You know, it's going to be in shortage. 
and most of the people probably won't even get it, you know, who do want it at launch, you know, probably for, you know, maybe four months or who knows how long. But as always for a new console launch, well, Sony might have won E3 and they might win this holiday season in terms of, you know, the hearts and minds of people being a little bit lower priced and, you know, some of the features on the Xbox One people were not really into and so they're like, why do I need this? You know, that shortage might hurt them. It might get a few more sales in Xbox One if, you know, supply is there. So I think the real battle will take place next holiday season, you know, just under a year from now. When, you know, people on both sides have either had time to get up enough money or, you know, some of their friends got, you know, one or the other console and they're like, well, which one should I get? You know, their friends might sway them one way or the other. So I guess we'll see, you know, what's up with that next year. Hopefully I will not have a sad life then, but you know, things have not been going very well for me. But, you know, if all goes well, you know, I will have one or the other or maybe even both consoles, you know, and be in a happy home. As I keep saying, you know, I would love nothing more than to live a happy rabbit life and be able to buy all the things and talk about all the things and, you know, set up my stuff so I can stream and people can watch me stream and say silly things while I'm doing all the stuff. But, you know, unless I win the lottery, I don't ever see that happening, which is very sad because it's what I'd really like to do. So I guess um, I will stop rambling about my sad before everybody that's listening gets sad because that would be sad. So I don't know what I'll talk about next time because I don't have anything coming up too soon. I guess Hunger Games is coming up sort of soon. But hopefully I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. Demon lack the ability to get into deeper strategies due to lack of knowledge. Due to lack of knowledge of the intricacies. Also the fast-paced nature of the game due to smaller maps. Due to smaller, more, more, more. In recent times, Blizzard... Blizzard has started to make more and more streamlined. Hmm. I don't know what it's rated. I guess I should put this in the end. Okay, put it in the end.
Hello, Commander. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.